I am an artist living in beautiful Vermont, USA, and I have a lot of questions. So I engage the minds of the people that I meet, poets, writers, artists. I explore what's inside and share it with you. My name is Ricky McEachran, and I am eager to know. I am here with Josh Farr from Vermont Center for Photography, VCP in Brattleboro. Uh, Josh is a curator, photographer, and nonprofit director. Thank you very much for making the trip down from up from Brattleboro here to Bellows Falls to join me on Eager to Know. Thank you so much. Pleasure to be here. Yeah. So we met uh, when I stumbled into Vermont Center for Photography, VCP, yes. right in downtown Brattleboro, yeah. and I was stunned at stunned and impressed at how nice the space was. Uh, it is beautiful. Uh, the exhibits that you had and the programs that you offer. Um, so how, tell me, tell people about VCP. Oh, what to say. Well, VCP, uh, Vermont Center for Photography, um, is a 25-year-old nonprofit organization that's been in downtown Brattleboro, and we do all things, uh, all things photographic, whether um, it's our exhibition schedule that we do, monthly exhibitions, uh, we have public studio spaces for darkroom and digital lab um, rental that folks can come and create work. Uh, we have an offering of classes and workshops and private tutorials that we can teach um, to learn photography. Um, and we even have a, a small thrift store of donated photographic equipment, mostly vintage older equipment that folks can purchase as a fundraiser for the center. So that mixed in with a sprinkling of monthly events and portfolio reviews and artist talks and whatever else we can conjure up uh, keeps us pretty busy just supporting all things photographic for sort of a, a regional, vastly, most of uh, New England community of photographers, both digital and, and film-based photographers. Yeah, and, and film. Yeah. It's very, uh, I always feel very comfortable when I'm there, it's very welcoming and it has yeah. a, a beautiful energy. Anytime I make a trip to Brattleboro for whatever reason, I always pop in, okay. chat with you, love to go to the thrift store yes. to see all of the uh, camera equipment. It's not just ca it's cameras, it's lenses, but it's also development equipment. And yeah. so it's really, it's very interesting. You seem to have everything in there. Yeah, it's, it's really anything photographic or photographically related, cameras, lenses, lighting equipment, old darkroom equipment, film developing equipment. Um, books, bags, paper, frames, um, anything that would be beneficial to photographers or photography-related artists of any kind. And it's amazing what folks are willing and able to donate. Um, and um, and obviously, as a nonprofit, we can provide them with, with tax-deductible donation, re donation receipts. And then uh, all of those proceeds that come from the store go into supporting the programs and exhibitions and classes and other events that the VCP is able to do. And it's become an enormous percentage of, of, uh, of VCP's total annual revenue. So we really? are, we are uh, tremendously appreciative for all the do donations and purchases, both in person and online, and uh, has been just a huge resurgence um, in recent years, with especially younger folks wanting to shoot and shoot older film-based cameras, 35 millimeter and medium format, and even large format cameras. Um, and just have that tactile experience of processing and developing 
black and white and some color film, um, whether at VCP in our studios or in their own sort of makeshift home labs and whatnot. So it's been really awesome to see young people uh, really wanting to push back a little bit on the convenience yeah. <laughs> of digital and the immediacy yeah. of digital and get something a little bit more uh, process and hands process oriented and hands on. Yeah. So I want to talk more I certainly want to talk with you more about mm -hmm. film photography and more about VCP offerings. Yeah. But first I want to talk about you okay. and I want to talk about how photography showed up in your life like how did you get turned on to it? Mm. I know you went to school for photography. So yeah. tell me about how that happened. Well, I suppose from a quite young age I was often the the member of my family my my parents my sister and I that uh would have a little Kodak Instamatic or disposable camera even or just a little point and shoot camera on any little excursion that we would be uh venturing out on and was always obsessed with uh the binders and Tupperware containers full of little 4 by 6 snapshots of family photos from from decades even before I was around. So obsessed um, meaning you Obsessed would with do... the historical, just looking at them and So you would just spend them. a lot of time yeah, with them. Yeah, yeah. And just sort of the chronological timeline of, of not only our family, but our community and our friends and our extended family and places that we've been, um, which was largely around Maine. All right. You grew up um, in, in Western Maine. Yep. Oxford, yeah. Oxford Hills, Maine. Um, and then uh, by the time I got to high school, our high school offered a number of uh, tech classes and had a dark room. And it was still very, very early digital photography at that time. So digital was not as available. Um, and I took a number of those classes and I even created my own independent high school work, uh, not work study, but a independent study class. Um, around, around the developing, around, the, whole, the whole process. Yeah, around just shooting black and white film um, and developing the film in the darkroom and making black and white prints and uh, and just I guess I'm, I've been inclined to be a very hands-on tactile person in general so to have something that's both creative and mechanical and uh, hands-on in that sense was kind of a, a nice medley of, of technologies for, yeah. for my mind but um, and then being something I was so passionate about in high school it was the natural thing that I started looking at art schools around the Northeast um, when it was time to march onward to undergrad and ended up at the New Hampshire Institute of Art which is in Manchester New Hampshire um, which was a four-year BFA program which I loved and it was a small very intimate setting and got a lot of hands-on, one-on-one attention. and Were you studying more than just photography? Like, were you studying painting and drawing and everything um, in the art world, or was it yeah. mostly photography? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a Bachelor of Fine Arts. There's, you, you can sort of have a major, but um, everyone's sort of required to, to dabble in a number of different things. They have what they call materials and processes class, which just exposes you to a little bit of everything, ceramics, printmaking, painting, drawing, illustration, both hand illustration as well as digital illustration, um, just to, as a sampler platter of sorts, to get you exposed to some things you may not otherwise think to try. And I, there were many other 
things that if I had more time in undergrad, I would have loved to dive a little sure. deeper into, like printmaking, um, uh, intaglio etching, pr running through a print press and, and screen printing and um, mono printing and all those types of things really spoke to me as well, but I only had so much time. So, um, so I w I, yeah. hold on, I want to go back to mm -hmm. when you, I'm thinking of you as a youngster mm -hmm. going through a box of pictures yeah. and being excited and interested and yeah. immersed in that. That is a very different part of you than the part of you that is interested in the chemistry of developing film. Like yeah. it's a very, and that's what's so interesting about yeah, film yeah. Mm -hmm. is it's a very broad, there's a lot, there's, it's, it's very broad, it's a wide yeah. range of stuff. It's mm -hmm. crea creativity, um, it's connecting with the world, connecting with history, but also there's like this chemistry and it's very interesting. It's, it's I think uh, both the process of reviewing old photographs as well as the creation of, of or using of these sort of vintage technologies, if I can call them that, um, is a very nostalgic thing. And I guess I've always been a pretty nostalgic person. And, mm. um, and also sort of fascinated by the idea, personally, just of looking at photographs of, <clears throat> you know, as a young child or even a toddler, of a version of yourself that you have no memory of mm. and a, a life, a portion of your life that you lived that you uh, have no, typically have no sort of present memory of. So that's, that. I don't know, that's sort of just a, a fascinating part of that dynamic for me. And I think um, perhaps out of that came the interest in uh, in in present time to photograph and capture and document a lot of these uh, experiences in my life as sort of a visual journal or visual diary of of uh, of these experiences so that they can be not only remembered by yourself 10 20 40 50 years from now but possibly even you know future generations and yeah. you know, nobody wants to be <laughs> forgotten into the the, yeah. the books of history but well I don't think that we have to worry about that now with you know um, cameras on phones and you know photographs right. and video of everything do you have an opinion on that like how uh, I know my dad had mm -hmm. a camera in the 50s I think we may have spoken about this and he has all these photographs that mm -hmm. he took and it's a com I have the camera it's completely <laughs> manual yep. and he took slides and it was such a uh, I'm realizing how much skill it took for him to take these beautiful photographs. And yeah. we, they were so valuable to us growing up because there was only 400 of them. Right. And I fast forward, you know, that's a lot, but that's all we had. And now we have photographs of everything. And it, so what do you think about that? Is well, that good? Is that bad? Hmm. Is it both? It's interesting. I don't know if I'm equipped or prepared to say good or bad, <laughs> but I, I think... It definitely changes how we photograph and what we photograph. Um, you know, certainly dating back into the dawn of photography in the early or mid to late 1800s, um, you had to be a full-blown scientist. You had to know how to mix all the raw ingredients and to make the chemicals to process the film, to do everything. And obviously over the, the, the decades, if not centuries, um, it has become incredibly, 
increasingly more accessible to a wider audience. You don't have to be a specialist anymore. I, I've got not only one, but three cameras on my iPhone. <laughs> and, uh, but I think that the thing that comes up a lot for me is the, the obsolescence of the media over even relatively short period of time. I mean, we look at the color slides and the negatives and like for video, like VHS tapes and even CDs are now becoming out of, out of date. Um, how easy is it or accessible is it going to be 50 years from now, 75 years from now, when someone finds an SD card sitting in their grandfather's bedroom dresser drawer and they're like, oh, Han, come look at this. Remember these? I don't think we even have anything that can read those anymore. So, And then they'll you know, be the youngster. What's that? Well, and how many people take photos on their phone and never print them, never share them outside of Instagram or Facebook or whatever platform of their choices. Um, and what that means uh, for those photographs and where will they exist into the future and will they be something that is able to carry over across generations or will they get lost in the ether of the, the cloud? Yeah. Whatever that means. Yeah. But, um, but I think it certainly changes your eye and how you photograph because when you have a roll of 36 exposure 35 millimeter film you're working under the knowledge that you only have 36 photographs mm -hmm. and it's you know you can get another roll of film but it costs money you know I can take 5,000 photographs in an afternoon with my iPhone yeah but it may only be one out of every hundred that end up becoming real meaningful photographs that I hang on to to any great degree in my future. Whereas if you're photographing on 36 frames on a roll of film, you may be a little bit more mindful or thoughtful or present in each photograph that you choose to take very more decisively. Um, so and maybe that's just a, a ratio of, of efficiency, but I think it, I, I appreciate that film forces you to slow down and be a bit more mindful about what you're photographing. So. Yeah. So let's talk about developing film. I know that, that the whole world of film developing. I know that um, Vermont Center for Photography offers, mm -hmm. they have dark rooms. Yeah. You can get a membership. Yeah. So I believe you have unlimited access or somewhat to mm -hmm. the dark rooms. And um, so anybody can do that. Would somebody yeah. need a background or skill to do that? Um, not necessarily. I mean, there's not a lot of uh, machinery in the studio spaces that you would break or screw up or, 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 or you know, cause some kind of issue with. Um, you would either just come out with, with great images or not many images so you know we do we are available um to do some private tutorials to teach people or just even sort of loosely refresh them there's a lot of people that come in that have used dark rooms in decades past or years past um, but it may have been 10 years and they just need a little refresh to get themselves going again um but a lot of it is pretty a lot of it's pretty you know as far as the physical steps of developing a roll of black and white film, it's largely mechanical in the developing process. And so it's really just following a sequence of steps and right. 
pouring the chemicals into the tank in the right order and for the right amount of time at the right temperature okay. and and popping it out it's really in the the darkroom printing process that starts to allow for a bit more creative interpretation right. of those negatives but in just so people because there could be some people that are listening or watching this that may not know with film photography you have the photosensitive film that goes in the camera that's what you right. develop and you end up with a negative and in order to get a print you actually have to ha basically take a photo of the negative you shot in light through it right and you take a photo of it with photosensitive paper right and then that enlarger projects the light down through from a light bulb through the negative out at a lens onto light sensitized <clears throat> paper all in the dark <clears throat> and you can me. do all sorts of things at that point with adjustments in in that during that yeah phase. and you can just do a very straight print that's just exposing light for you know 10, 15, 20 seconds or something and just letting the negative be as it is. But then there's all these filters that you can control that adjust the contrast of your image. If it's sort of a low contrast image, you can increase that. Or if it's too contrast, you can decrease it. And then you can even like selectively dodge and burn and remove light from certain areas with little pieces of cardboard or with your hands by casting shadows between the projected light and the paper <laughs> to remove light from certain localized areas or to add light in a specific area, um, it can turn into physical. quite it's, a it's, choreography. It yeah. is literally like when you get into some more complicated printing uh, processes or techniques, it literally feels like a little choreographed dance that you have to do. And there's even like a little metronome on the digital timer that runs the enlarger that you can like count out the seconds and move accordingly. And you're like dancing, and moving, dodging, and burning, and doing all the things. Um, it can it takes a it it definitely takes a certain presence and stress-free mind state and you can't be you gotta be in a, a light accepting mood and uh, not be in any kind of hurry for sure right. because so this sounds like a wonderful hobby for someone mm -hmm. um, yeah. And it Can sounds you? like it would be really good for people to do film photography and developing. Yeah, I mean, and just to just to mention that there are certainly a number of hobby photographers that do, you know, a large portion of them that do um, this purely for the creative joy and experience of photographing. Um, and it, to a large degree, there are still a number of um, commercial or, or photographers who, who shoot film for a living. There's more and more wedding photographers showing up nowadays with a, a medium format, you know, Hasselblad or a Mamiya around their neck with a digital camera on their other shoulder or something like that. Because um, people are, uh, I think, customers and newlyweds are uh, increasingly appreciating the aesthetic quality of a film-based photograph and, and want that as part of their experience. Or even just for portraits or... Um, or a variety of other uh, fields of work, but um, but yeah, I mean, there's certainly a large swath of, of hobby-based photographers. But um, and I do know you had mentioned this, but I know that younger people. I have some friends that are like in their 20s, and they're mm -hmm. all getting their 35 millimeter cameras. What goes around comes around. I mean, it all comes. It's like back vinyl. Around. It is. It is. No, and 
Do you think magazine? I, do you think print magazines are going to come back? Because that's well, well, that's the one thing I'm wondering about. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't have a lot of experience in that field, but it seems like they've, <laughs> it seems like there will always be a place for those. But um, I think, and this is this is all sort of a theory, but I, I think like many or most art movements or social movements happen, it's usually in some sort of direct pushback or response to or, or just exhaustion with um, a previous mode of operating. And I think the increased immediacy and accessibility and just convenience of everyone having a phone in their pocket or, or a high-quality, affordable digital camera um, at their disposal, uh, it does make things more convenient, but it also takes away some of the some of the magic or the personalized uh, experience of 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 the art of photography, um, and that and you know when somebody like uh, uh, Katy Perry or someone walks out on stage with a, a little film camera or something and she's seen publicly on TV with it, um, the 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 demand and value of that particular camera goes through the roof the following weeks. So. Um, the influencer uh, modality of social uh, of social dynamics these days definitely, I think, has an effect in that um, it can create pretty instantaneous tsunamis of interest if if a particular individual or group of individuals right. is seen using yeah. uh, a beautiful old film camera or mm -hmm. even a movie that comes out like when. Uh, was it Johnny Depp did the uh, uh, Minamata uh, W. Gene Smith remake film that just came out a year or two ago, and he's using this old 35mm Minolta, and then Minoltas were all the thing for a year mm. or two or something like that. So, um, But we find, I mean, and we, we post a, a, a number of the items that we have in our thrift store for sale um, online, and we ship stuff out nationally and even some internationally that when you start to get a, a feeling for that uh, national I guess you could still call it niche but broad national interest and in, in community of photographers wanting to shoot film you realize it's it's everywhere I mean yeah. everybody wants everybody wants a, a piece of the film pie but well this sounds like a very large new world for someone to explore oh. um, Re-explore. Yeah, re-explore. Yeah. And I think that we're, you know, for people that live in this area, mm -hmm. your VCP, because you have the store where you can, like, buy all the equipment um, and you have one the stop development. shop. The de yeah, it's a one-stop one shop. So if someone was interested in doing film photography and wanted to go to VCP, mm -hmm. they obviously would need a camera and, you know, the film. Would they have to bring their own paper, or can they buy paper there? Or what, like, what would they have to bring with them? So for, for use of either the digital lab or the darkroom, I mean, if you wanted to shoot film, we do have film for sale, 35-millimeter um, and medium-format film for sale in the shop. Um, and we get a, a pretty large amount of donated, uh, expired uh, darkroom paper um, that folks bring us uh, that we make available essentially for free uh, in the darkroom if people don't have their own paper immediately. Um, we don't have a supply of it available for purchase otherwise, but um, 
but generally speaking for both spaces people just bring their own paper so like in the digital lab there's computers and scanners and large format digital photographic prints printers um, it includes the rental rates include use of the computers and scanners and the ink for the printer and then people just bring their own paper we do have some digital paper available for purchase um, and then for the darkroom um, you know if you've already arriving with a roll of film that you've photo shot and you're ready to develop then we have all the chemistry in the darkroom that is included and um, we can be available to help answer questions and and get people through the process but um, but generally speaking people bring their own paper and that's pretty much the only thing that we don't okay by default provide okay um, in-house but yeah now I know one of the things that you have are these meetup groups I think they're called I, I know I participated where it was I think a once a month thing mm -hmm. and I submitted some photographs and then I showed up and everyone talked about their presented their photographs and it was really really fun and we had people with all kinds of interesting backgrounds mm -hmm. tell me about that so yeah I think what a lot of people are looking for in a photographic community is literally just that just the community of people to get together and to show work to to bounce ideas off to off off of and I know for myself when I was an undergrad and then I left the thing that I missed the most was that like 24 7 bubble of photographers all around you that you could when you're printing in the dark room you could um, bring stuff out and be like oh I'm having an issue with this do you have any ideas or like I'm working through this project uh, I'm kind of stuck and I don't know where to go with this what do I do um, so for quite a few years now at least 15 years we've been running these uh, once a month uh, groups called open portfolio night and it's the last Sunday of every month right at VCP from 5 to 7 and it's open to anyone um, of any experience level or, or type of photography um, and we encourage people to bring physical prints you know small prints that you can lay out we have a, a wall that you can magnet them up on um, and it's just a way to bring work share get some feedback from a group of usually anywhere from six to 20 people I mean, usually at least a dozen um, and we just sort of go around it's sort of like a show and tell we go around and and each person gets depending on how many people are there anywhere from anywhere from five minutes to 15 minutes per person and just put some work up and people ask questions and you ask questions depending on what you're sort of hoping to gain from that and some people certainly just come to see what other people are doing and it's just a great way to meet folks in a in a very uh, you know approachable uh, friendly supportive environment we don't we don't aim to, to make anybody leave in tears or anything like that <laughs> existentially rethinking their career path but um, just trying to sort of help everyone achieve whatever the next step of their creative journey is but um, and that's that's been a really great outlet for many local photographers yeah so. and I certainly enjoyed when I participated okay well Josh thank you so much for my pleasure coming up from Bellows Falls from Brattleboro all the way here to Bellows Falls it's a long journey it was a long journey a long journey and if people are interested uh, Vermont Center for Photography and I'll put the the URL in the the show description That'd be but uh, thank you very much for uh, hanging out with me this was great you're quite welcome and thank you for having me 
My name is Ricky McGeckrin, and you have been listening to Eager to Know, the podcast. If you haven't already, please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Eager to Know podcast.